and you know, just have expected the list said to be like, "Hey, he wouldn't drink the coffee. Would you believe? Even sip it. <laughs> just <laughs> nothing." Um, <laughs> I'm looking up on my computer book brain. (laughs) What's that brain? The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey everybody, Powerful Brandon here, and you are listening to the Comics Paradox Podcast. This is the podcast that we do get together bi-weekly so we can talk about all things what if and elseworld all those alternate reality takes and tales for characters and stories you already know and love and uh joining me as ever we have two fine fellows uh the first of which is mr justin cooper say hi justin what if we did a podcast hi everyone <laughs> that's what that's oh, what i got oh god nice is he pause. waiting for an answer is it rhetorical i don't know <laughs> And uh, then, last but certainly not least, no, you have, can say least. <laughs> uh, coming up least, I guess, is Leo Pond. Say hi to everybody, Leo. Hi, everybody. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Good work. Uh, so today we are uh, going to be discussing uh, what if from Marvel Comics. Uh, it's number twenty-seven from Volume Two, and that is. What if Namor had joined the Fantastic Four? I understand some of you may hear that and be like, oh, it's pronounced Namor. Uh, listen, I, I'm going to say Namor because that's how we have been saying it for decades before he showed up in the MCU recently. So uh, I'm sorry if it offends your ears and sounds yeah, definitely Namor. Like, like nails down a chalkboard, but... Uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be the Namor zone for, for the entirety of this episode. Yeah, N- Namor was a retcon based on a uh, interpretation of a Spanish uh, Spanish dialect or something, right? Like, like yeah, no having love. having no heart or yeah. something like that. Yeah, or no love. Yeah, Namor. N- but uh, and, and that's clever. But yeah. it's it's Namor the Submariner. I remember being a young child and being corrected because me and my my other small friends and I. Uh, we thought it was it was Namor the Submariner, and yeah. you know, like if you want to talk about saying shit wrong, we found out real quick when I said it in the comic shop. And Bill the manager was like, "It's Namor the Submariner." I was like, "Yes, I am that stupid." Thanks, Bill. I'll never make that mistake again. Then you look at that jerk and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, well I bet he's not your favorite character." And then nobody's favorite character is Namor. It's true. I've never met anybody who's not like, a single person, and and he's cool. But you know, I, I I've met very few people whose favorite character is Doctor Strange. So it's he's just one of those those characters that fits nicely into the background. Yeah, he, he fills a he fills a space. There's there's uh, certain roles that need to be executed in certain ways, and you know 
here's a guy that it was a real pain in the ass of the Fantastic Four. Absolutely. That it, it worked out well for the the strained dynamic they had between Sue and Reed for the longest time. Um, probably part of the reason, honestly, why there's quite a few folks out there who actually don't have a deep affinity for the character of Namor the Submariner because uh, in comics for a long time, the way he was designed, like he was constantly trying to put himself between Reed Richards and Susan Storm. You know, he he was very much like the Pepe Le Pew to Susan Storm's painted oh, yeah. cat. Like, ah, hello, Miss Susan Storm. Let I remember me, him in Civil let War. Let me hug you and love you and kiss you. Bring you flowers and chocolates. Uh-huh. And Reed's over like, hey, I think that's my girl. I'm pretty sure that's my girl. I mean, you know what? Let me finish working on this science experiment. And then I'll tell you the math on why I think she's my girl. You know, like that's <laughs> that's pretty much how Fantastic Four comics went in a nutshell. He's such like a caricature, you know. Sometimes, like with Reed, it's like, did you get this? Did you get his dialogue from an Archie's comic? Yeah. <laughs> no, they got it from Stan Lee, which is almost the same fucking thing. I mean, I guess it's no worse than reading a Namor comic or seeing a cartoon with Namor in it and knowing at some point inexplicably he was going to be tricked into jumping into fucking isopropyl alcohol. <laughs> like, he didn't say Imperious Rex in this though. It's the second Namor comic we've read where he didn't say it. Wait a minute. This pool isn't filled with water. This is alcohol. <laughs> okay, Namor. Well, you fucking dry out here and just become fucking fish jerky. We're, we'll go fight the bad guys then. <laughs> Deuces. Like, oh, I, I can't use my ankle wings if I don't have enough water in my body. All right, dude, we'll have a fucking Gatorade and we'll come get you after the fight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. Namor demands Pedialyte. <laughs> I need electrolytes. Bring me some salt water. Hmm? Oh, this, this, guy, this guy drinks salt water on the reg. That might Going explain Going back to our Indiana Jones uh, discussion, though. Insanity. Uh, Namor was voiced by John Reese Davies in the uh, Marvel Action Hour I mentioned earlier. Okay, John Reese Davies being uh, the Sala from uh, yeah Arabic Rage Lost Ark and fellow Indy. Oh, I miss it, Indy. <laughs> yes, you do, don't you? Yeah, some people might also know him as uh, uh oh my God, Gimli. No, yeah, Gimli from Lord of the Rings and. Uh, <laughs> From sliders, I was gonna say professor. From sliders, yep. Yeah, it's I, I, for some reason I want to say like one of the three musketeers' names when I oh Porthos. <laughs> yes, I swear to God, like it, it's driving me nuts. Why do I want to say the three musketeers? Arturo, is that it? Yeah, Arturo. Yep. Our, professor Arturo. Yep. Right. I had uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing him on Geek Life HQ. And uh, we, we got to dive into uh, a lot about the movie Grizzly 2, the revenge that he had done. So, uh, and, and he had some great stories about that. But, I mean, we talked about him playing Macbeth on Gargoyles and playing Namor. But this was about a year and a half before uh, Namor came out in uh, Wakanda Forever. Hmm. Interesting. He also played Kingpin in The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Yes. Starring Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. The first ever live action appearance of 
Daredevil slash Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a backdoor pilot for a Daredevil television series, and it never uh, manifested. It never actually they, came. They totally should have had some sort of costume for that, and I still think that's a problem. Well, I mean, they did have some sort of costume. Yeah, no, I, I don't think a like good the, one. Like the mask sort of like rag that he had over his head with like the black sweatshirt and stuff like that. It's like they shouldn't have done that and they should well, have they gone with something. They shouldn't have gone all black. They should have yeah. they should have done something to add a little bit of flair. I understand they were trying not mm. to like feed into the full blown funny book part of it, but you know, some red accents or something yeah. would have would have gone a long way. It, it works in the Daredevil series, but that was a whole different thing. Mm. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's him right there, man. If only if only they had put like some some red on that, you know, make him stand out, give him some definition. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that is that is just like looks like spider monkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, night monkey. Exactly. Yeah, night monkey. <laughs> yeah. But uh I see that chin. I know that chin anywhere. SpongeBob I mean, SquarePants. A lot of a lot of folks who are into the MCU now, like they may not realize that. You know the the Incredible Hulk returns, the in the trial of the Incredible Hulk, and technically speaking, the death of the Incredible Hulk yep. was the MCU. That was what the closest we got to what is going on nowadays. Because you know, in the Incredible Hulk returns, we we were introduced to Thor, the god Thor, and Doctor Donald Blake, his alter ego. In the trial of the Incredible Hulk, we see Kingpin and Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. And in the third movie, there's a spy and, and all that stuff. She actually originally in the original script was supposed to be Black Widow. Oh. She's supposed to be Natasha Romanov. Uh, and they changed it at the last minute because they actually weren't sure if they were going to do a, a spy movie. Uh, involving that character, so the character may not have been available. So they're just like, ah, screw it, we'll change it enough so it's it's not that big a deal. But technically speaking, you could make the argument like, oh, that was Natasha. It was just one of the identities she was using. So there's that. That's the closest we got to it for a, for a very very long time. You know, and and here we are now with Namor. And, all this happened because we started talking about how to pronounce his fucking name correctly. So yeah, what if Namor had joined the Fantastic Four? Ah, <laughs> oh, good times. Um, you know, we we see on the cover it's very very straightforward. We see the original Fantastic Four members and uh, Namor right there uh, at the forefront. They all have fives instead of fours on the uniforms, and Namor uh, in his classic uh, gold and green underoos. Uh, on the belt buckle, which why wouldn't you have underwear that has a belt? Um, it has a five on it, indicating he's also technically wearing a uniform. So <laughs> good job on that swim team. And uh, in the in almost entirety of the background is a, a grayscale Dr. Doom watching over them because Doom sees all. Doom knows all. Doom's a dick. And uh, yeah, so that's that's our introduction to the this concept, that idea, and uh, it starts off pretty pretty much uh, going based off of a story that goes all the way back to Fantastic Four number four, 
I'm I'm not well versed in it. I didn't go back and read the original story today because I I don't care that much about Namor. It is the same kind of thing that we had seen previously in yeah. uh what if Captain America had led an army of super soldiers in during World War II uh followed up by its second part the conclusion what if uh Captain America had formed the Avengers Namor and I'm not certain why, and I apologize, but like I said, if you want to check out Fantastic Four number four, um, he was wandering through the streets of New York, uh, long hair, long beard, like unshaven, uh, and homeless, didn't have any idea who he was, and, uh, you know, just aimless, a poor, unfortunate soul, as Ursula from, from The Little Mermaid would say. And we have we we find that uh, Johnny Storm in in this story, you know, he sees Namor all bearded up and, and what have you, and he actually like uses his his abilities and sort of like burn shaves the beard right off of Namor's face and sees like holy crap, that's that's Prince Namor of Atlantis, and uh, he's like, all right, let's uh let's help you out, you you. You swimming, buddy. Let's let's go, <laughs> let's go get you in some water. It's adult swim time, and you know they they're just like you know basically all kind of keeping an eye on Johnny. The the rest of the Fantastic Four as he's walking with Namor down the street, and uh, they're kind of like getting ready to to jump Namor unbeknownst to Johnny. And as they're like, yeah, well, don't worry, Johnny. We'll take it from here. He's like, what? Oh, you guys are a bunch of dicks. I know what to do about this. And he uh, he flames on and grabs Namor, starts flying, and then goes right over like the Hudson Bay and just drops him into the water. And he sinks like a stone, and then you just see a series of bubbles as if somebody just opened up a, a shaken can of Sprite. And uh, he's managed to uh, rip the suit off completely uh, and come flying up to the surface you know, using his ankle wings and, you know, shouting uh, with vindication, I remember Prince Namor is himself again. To which Sue thinks it is him. Uh, <laughs> I would like to say yet again, as I did during the uh, Captain America Avengers two-parter that I mentioned. Uh, sure. He forgot who he was. Um, couple of things. So he just he didn't notice the ankles grow like the wings he had growing out of them at any point during this. And two, he's been he's been wearing the the green underoos the underwear the the whole time. Gross. I'm sure there's a good no prize award for this, but I mean you, you could say that he gets more confused the longer he stays dried out. So you, you could say that that leads I think to there's it. I think there's more to it than that. Like yeah, could be how, that someone was trying to like subjugate him or, or keep yeah, him down. You know, there, there's likely something like that. I wouldn't be like surprised. a tumor. You know, yeah, 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 a tumor. Not in this case though, but like someone else. Yeah, I, I somebody was up to no good. That's that's for sure. There were shenanigans at hand. Um. And you know, Namor approaches Sue and immediately starts his his uh, ceaseless flirtations with her. And uh, 
you know, he, he, he mentions Atlantis offhandedly because, uh, like every fifth sentence name or utters has to have the word Atlantis in it. I believe that's, that's part of the agreement for creating the character. No, I think he's saying Alanis there. No, no daughter of Atlantis was ever so lovely. You ought to know. <laughs> then ironic. Uh, uh, don't you think? <laughs> and, uh, you know, he mentions to, to Sue in his, his offhanded flirtatious way, like, no daughter of Atlantis was ever so lovely. And uh, that's when Reed, ever the fucking compassionate individual he is, Atlantis? A deep sea expedition discovered the ruins of Atlantis. There's nothing left of that civilization. Nothing left? My people gone? This is the surface world's doing. Atlantis will be avenged, even if it means destroying your world. Which, uh, classic Namor, vintage, just mwah. <laughs> that is, that lines right up with everything we know about this jerk. And, uh, the way it goes normally in the comics is, you know, like, Namor loses his, his, his stuff here, and he really is this close to, uh, taking out the service world. Like, he's ready to, to do it to it. And uh, here we see that they're able to make him see reason uh, and that he actually can, he can have a place. And that is with them. Like, Hey, you know, be, be one of us. You can join our family. Like you didn't lose everything because we care about you. That's why you're, you're here now. You remember who you are because, you know, we want to help you. And, uh, of course, it's Sue doing most of the talking here. And uh, that does a lot of the heavy lifting for Namor. He's like, well, I, I guess I should listen to my heart. And I should think before I act. Join us, Namor. The Fantastic Four would welcome you. I am a monarch without subjects. I have no home, nothing. You offer me friendship when I would have destroyed you. All I can offer you is my loyalty. If it is enough, then I shall join you. Ah, oh, what a what a fucking fella, huh, guys? He's just he's the best. And dust begins the turn. I am the water. <laughs> and uh yeah, so Reed's like, Welcome to the Fantastic Four. And Johnny mentions, like, oh, I guess it's time for new uniforms, Reed. Because five is one more than four, everyone. I don't know if you <laughs> I don't know if you know that. College they... graduate Ben Grimm. <laughs> uh, I went to school for this. Yeah, oh, you say so. I don't understand how how Where, math helps me fly rocket ships. Where'd you oh, go? Oh, I, okay. Where'd you go? ITT Tech. What'd you have to do to get in there? Open the door. <laughs> <laughs> he got but, uh, his rocket degree from Devry University. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chester Institute. What the fuck? gun repair? Rocket <laughs> shippery. <laughs> I'm why, Sally why, Struthers. <laughs> why are you why are you assholes still offering VCR repair in 2023? This is insane. <laughs> the market's coming back, I swear. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's it cyclical. Uh, it's like a boomerang, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, yeah, so the watcher says to us, like, and thus, a member of the Fantastic Five, the lost son of Atlantis, becomes mankind's protector rather than its sworn foe. Namor longed for his vanished undersea kingdom, but with Susan Storm as his guide, he came to he came to appreciate the dividends of his new life. Sadly, peace would not be one of them. 
Not long after Namor's addition, the man who would become the team's greatest nemesis made himself known to the Fantastic Five, Doctor Doom. And uh, it's at this point that Doctor Doom has the Fantastic Five on a, uh, what, I, I don't know what you'd call it, a time door? Time platform. Time platform. time platform. Uh, on the, the the time platform, which anybody who has seen uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, that is the same teleportation technology you see John Krasinski's Reed Richards appear in the Illuminati chamber room there using. Uh, it's it's that same thing. Uh, I I would I would also make mention like. Remember that because you'll likely see that pop up with all the Kangs that will be factoring into stories uh, for the remainder of this portion of the saga, blah, 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 in MCU. Um, I'm telling you, they're, they're going to play up the idea that he is a descendant of, of Reed Richards. I, I, I know it. It's, I mean, time traveler. You're gonna you're gonna introduce the Fantastic Four at some point, and then go into Secret Wars eventually, shortly thereafter. It, it stands to reason, and frankly, I think it'd be foolish if they didn't. You know, with with everything kind of having strange connections through times and realities, it just makes sense to seemingly not make sense until it does make sense. There we go, nailed it. And uh, <laughs> they the this is a classic adventure. I actually did read this comic many times as a kid. It was one of the first Fantastic Four comics I had, where uh, Doctor Doom forces <laughs> he forces the Fantastic Four to go back to back in time. They have a, a certain amount of time <laughs> to uh, find Blackbeard's treasure. And while they are in the past, uh, they dress up as much as they can as uh, denizens of that era. In doing so, in the original story, they don't really touch upon it too much here. But in the original, uh, Ben Grimm is actually Blackbeard. It turns out that him covering himself up and using like a big beard to cover like the orange cragginess of his rock face uh, in, in the hat that he puts on with the head wrap and, and a little eye patch, uh, he becomes the feared pirate <laughs> Blackbeard. It's, it's kind of interesting. It's like, oh, so if they hadn't been sent back in time, there wouldn't have been a Blackbeard of legend. So you're um, saying they do a time heist? Well, yes, yeah. absolutely. This is a time heist. I thought this uh, was similar to the, the one with the Coffin of Winters. You know, it was like another one um, that they had done. Mm. I'm not as familiar with that. Um, it's kind of the same deal. They go back I, in time. I had I I read uh, selections of Fantastic Four comics that were in Marvel Comics volumes that I I was given, gifted, and stuff like that as a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of the stuff I read was cherry picked classic stuff. That's why I, I you know I, I read this. I read. This man, this monster. Oh yeah, that's a great um, you know, one. You know, just lots of lots of classic, early classic stuff. Um, really sets the tone and does show from the onset the the cores of of each one of the characters. You know, regardless of 
any other hokiness that could have taken place as they were written by like Stan Lee and, and whatnot. Um, the the tenets of each individual character that make up the Fantastic Four are right there, and it's it's great that other writers were able to expand upon each one of those um, those individuals as time went on and, and flesh them out and make them more than just the sort of uh, uh, archetype. Yeah. Archetypes that they were when they first appeared in the sixties. Um, but the reason doom sends them back in time is because uh, he, you know, he wants this, this Blackbeard's treasure instead of them having to sail through the high seas and es essentially establish uh, themselves as pirates for a, a decent amount of time. Namor is like, well, it you know it, it's sunk underwater, and I I read all about this in Atlantis as a child. We studied uh, these gems that were part of uh, Blackbeard's treasure extensively. Uh, I'm going to just swim through all of the ocean because I can breathe underwater. You 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 guys hang back and just stay safe, and I'll see you in a little bit. I'll I'll let you know as soon as I find them. And that's that's what he does. He goes out, he finds the treasure after like searching like three or four different ships, uh, gets back, and Doom retrieves them through the time platform. And as soon as they're back, Namor's like, "You want these crystals that were inside to increase the power of your dark sorcery, but I also know how to use them." And uh, he he you know zaps Doom with pink magic energy. From uh, uh, what honestly looks an awful lot like the amulet from the Monster Squad. <laughs> yeah. And uh, luckily he was a virgin. <laughs> yeah, thank God. And, uh, you know, to which Doom replies, Fool, I won't be thwarted. Uh, or, you know, Fool, I won't be thwarted. Because he's talking through a fucking tin can. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's just fighting them and, and doing his. His usual, like, you will never defeat me. I will have my revenge. And Johnny, very much like most of the audience, is like, yep, yep. We've uh, we've heard it all before, Vic. Thanks. And uh, they they seemingly defeat him. But, of course, it's a Doom bot. And uh, they, they leave the remnants of that destroyed Doom bot there. And, you know, Namor's getting his... He's about to lose his religion full blown again, and Sue talks him down. And uh, you know, she, you know, she's like, "Don't go after him. Not alone. He could, he could really hurt you, or something more fatal. I wouldn't want anything to happen to you." Nor are you, or nor are you, Sue. And you know, they're clearly like falling for one another. And um, we get like. Uh, we get the comic book version of uh, you know training montage. It's we we could probably play a little Survivor during this, and uh, we get to see that you know Namor's presence on the team has been uh, nothing but beneficial for all the stuff that's been thrown at the the team over the years in regular continuity. Uh, the Puppet Master's plans failed because Namor was there, like. There was just too many variables for, for him to manipulate everybody. And Namor, considering that he's just as strong as Ben, you know, he was able to kind of 
sideline that from him becoming like this destructive monster that was not in control of his own faculties. Uh, then it shows Namor and Ben working together to knock out the Hulk, which I think is funny because uh, the person who has been known for knocking out the Hulk on their own for years is not either one of those guys. It's Sue Storm. Hmm. She she used uh, a force field and put it around the Hulk's head and cut off his oxygen supply, and he eventually got knocked out from from uh, asphyxiation. And not very many people can make the same claim. Uh, but with these two guys together, they they lay the Green Goliath's ass out, and uh, then Namor's presence. Um, with them, what is it? The solitude. Oh, the red ghost. Oh yeah, the red ghost, and uh, he's what a there. <laughs> yeah, and and he's there with the fan. You know, he's part of the Fantastic Five when they actually meet Uatu and become aware of his existence. Uh, which does they don't touch on here, but does actually uh, play into the the Galactus saga. Yeah. Um, as they as completely gloss over that. Yeah, the uh, the ultimate nullifier was was actually given to them by Uatu the Watcher. They they it's not something that Reed just automatically came up with. Um, Uatu broke his own rules by interfering, and uh, it kind of like sort of extended his punishment for having to watch Earth for 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 doing that. Um, it uh, he was there to help go up against the Mad Thinker. Uh, when he sent his uh, android, they basically just turned it into a, a, a you know, crushed tin can straight away. Uh, the Super Scroll was made into mincemeat with, like, the blink of an eye. That would have been a great fight to watch. That would have been really cool. I know. Uh, and uh, it, it, I, I did think this was cool. It's, it says, uh, and this this is kind of like some, some of the stuff we were talking about uh, with the technologies and stuff that we see in this uh, wary of depending upon doom's technology. Namor persuaded the others to forego the journey to ancient Egypt with a time platform. Thus the dangers of Rama Tut never needed to be faced. Rama Tut is Kang the conqueror. He traveled back to ancient Egypt and tried to set himself up as a Pharaoh God using his advanced technology. And the Fantastic Four traveled back and put a serious cramp in his style. And that actually sets him on the path to becoming Kang the Conqueror. Um, and so they decide, like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll just, like, never use this. We'll destroy it, whatever. We'll, we'll file it away and make sure nobody else can get their hands on it. And uh, they... Basically, Doom is their arch nemesis. It shows them dealing with him, and it's one of those instances where it's like, I will kill you all. Like, yeah, yeah, we know. We'll all die. Thanks for coming back. We'll see you what? Like, uh, Memorial Day? All right, Vic. Catch <laughs> you then. Um, and then we see uh, back at the Baxter building that Namor and Sue have most certainly gotten very close. They are uh, kissing each other, you know, like soul kiss in uh, the midst of the lab for some reason. And uh, it, it does state that um, Sue's schoolgirl crush for Reed is quickly forgotten as she turns to the exotic Namor 
and Namor responds in kind. And as for Reed, any feelings that he held for Sue were buried so deeply he couldn't have expressed them even if he tried. Uh, so he's still just focused on the super science of it all. And uh, Namor and, and Sue, they, they're, they're just falling in love. Uh, it, it's, it's growing as part of the dynamic of the team and the whole family uh, atmosphere that they've already had for the longest time anyway. And Namor proposes. And of course, Johnny and Ben are like, oh, well, you know, that took long enough, which is very Johnny and Ben. Uh, you know, mostly, you know, it's just about being supportive of Sue at that point, you know, but they, they clearly care about and love Namor and, and they all do see each other as like a family. So it is kind of cool to see that the dynamic of that team has a, a positive effect on this character and to think like, oh man, what if Namor wasn't always just trying to, to seek vengeance on the surface world? What if, what if he were part of what was actually like improving society and trying to save lives and help people and just be an all around like decent individual. Uh, and you know, we, we get to, uh, <laughs> we get to their ma their wedding, and uh, it is kind of funny that Sue Sue's like Reed. Hey, uh, Namor asked me to marry him, and I accepted. And Reed's like, "Oh, I'm sure you'll be happy. Congratulations! I do have to get back to my research, though." So, super science and microscope. She's like, "Oh, okay, cool, cool. I didn't, I didn't hope this made made you jealous or anything." And it just goes right into the two of them, clearly just having said "I do" and and kissing while wearing uh tux in in a wedding dress respectively and that's just namor uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's and, killing it in that yeah and i i gotta say i do i'll i'll get to it uh you know it show it shows uh that the this uh wedding is very much just like the wedding of reed and and sue uh in regular continuity there's a lot of people there avengers and nick fury uh, so it was a it was a superhero slash secret agent studded affair, um, and you know Reed's just kind of like, oh, well, this is this is a a new different thing, and Namor is proving himself as as a capable more than capable leader, and I I really would just rather spend more time dedicated to scientific discovery than all the superheroics. So effective immediately, I'm I'm resigning from the team. And uh, they go back to being the Fantastic Four. And I appreciate that they actually finally gave Namor like a Fantastic Four slash five appropriate uh, costume change. He's still it's still just like underoos that he's wearing, but it is the Fantastic Four blue and the the belt buckle is now the the four in the white circle, like the yeah. regular costume. I mean, if you're going to be on that team, that's a uniform that makes a little bit more sense than the, the gold underoos with the yellow belt. Just just putting it out there. Um, and it, it once again shows like with them as the Fantastic Four, he, him, Namor in charge, um, they 
they still are incredibly successful as a superhero team and you know group of friends slash family. And uh, it, it says that the Fantastic Four triumphed over a legion of opponents. Uh, the alchemist Diablo and his dragon man crossed swords with the heroes, but were soundly defeated. The frightful four also couldn't withstand the sheer power they faced. The mysterious Mole Man and Namor struck up a strange friendship, perhaps because they both understood what it was like to be an outsider amongst men. And then Richards Technologies was founded by Reed Richards and flourished into a leader of the scientific community. Under Reed's guidance, Rich Tech made incredible strides in research and development. The Fantastic Four had complete access to all of Rich Tech's breakthroughs. But prosperity was not to last. And uh, we see that Reed is is hiring a, an assistant, uh, a, a seemingly comely redheaded woman with glasses and, and green eyes. That's just the word I would have used too. And uh, her name, he he's saying to her, "Welcome to Richard's Technologies, Lisette Orlova." Hmm, Orlova sounds Eastern European. Hmm. Well, I guess it's a good thing that they don't have any enemies in the Eastern European area, right? And, uh, you know, she says, oh, thanks. I'm so excited to be working here. And, you know, it's a a great privilege to work next to you. Uh, You won't be be sorry, I promise. And uh, it shows them, like, working side by side and, you know, just uh, getting into the super science of it all. And the narration dictates to us like ever the scientist reed failed to even failed to even notice Lisette's obvious attraction to him and it shows her like kind of touching his hand as he reach, reaches for a test tube and he, he's like oops and she goes and he's like pardon me oh, oh certainly like i'll i'll demure and reed's like oh i don't i don't know what i do around girls are they are they like test tubes yeah kind of reed Try not to break this girl, I guess. Like <laughs> we've seen you do it with Sue in real continuity. Don't be a jerk here. And uh, you know, they she's she basically is is just trying to say, like, hey, I'm falling for you and you haven't a clue. I'm betraying you and you don't know. And he's over there like, huh? What? Did you say something? <laughs> I mean, she may as well be in the same room four feet away from him as she's stating all this exposition it would make no difference to read and uh she comes to him and and she's like you want some coffee and oh i could use a break and he uh he slurps it down and uh we see her go to a payphone outside the richards technology building (laughs) i don't know about you guys when i saw it all i could think of was inspector gadget (laughs) she she calls on the phone and the it's split by a stylized white panel line that looks yep. more like a phone cord, like a, a like the the cord that goes through the receiver, so nice and curly. And you just see Doom's like mechanic gloved left hand over like a a, a panel with some buttons and a you know a, a slide lever on it. And all, all I could think of was him going, "You will adhere." Absolutely to the original plan. Now go get gadget. <laughs> like it's I really it was right there in front of me. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee. Well they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. 
And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. And, you know, just have expected the list said to be like, hey, he wouldn't drink the coffee. Would you believe? Even sip it. <laughs> just nothing. Um, <laughs> I'm looking up on my computer book brain. What's that brain? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it uh, it it comes to to show us that uh, Sue is saying, "Oh, the baby's due in April. I always wanted a spring baby." So you know, she's she's uh, she's very much a, an Italian jarred pasta sauce, prego. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's in there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh. Lissette comes to him after he sees like the recorded message or, or whatever it is on the video phone. Huge scream, by the way, with inexplicably gigantic horizontal lines going through it, like segmented for some reason. Uh, I feel like Reed would have figured out like LED technology for video at this point. No problem. Yeah, probably. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, that was Sue. She she called to tell us she that she and Namor are going to be parents. And Lissette is like, oh, that's great. I overheard. I brought some champagne. Would you know, let's let's just celebrate uh to their health and into your health. And he, he slurps it down, and all of a sudden the rubber man super scientist is like, I don't what's I feel I feel a real little foozy. And he passes out and she's forgive me, my love. I had no choice. And that's when we cut to him hanging upside down in a purple suit. Like, yeah, it's like a challengers of the unknown sort yeah, of yeah like 
but short sleeves, you know, short like shorts, like coming like it looks like a a a bicycle suit, you know, like yeah, that's a good what, yeah yeah what like Tour de France uh, bicyclists would cyclists would would be wearing. So, um, so you're saying Doom played dress up? Oh yeah, somebody fucking dressed him right. Oh, yeah. Who was it? I mean, it was probably Lissette. She's like, I'll do it. I volunteer. I mean, you've done so much already, Dr. Doom. I, I should do this for you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Lissette, try not to. Doom cares to not for your buffoonery. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> you know, Reed gains consciousness and Doom's doing his whole monologuing thing. And he's like, you are confined in a sub-basement of my embassy here in New York. And you are totally helpless thanks to the remarkable Miss Orlova. And uh, he, he reveals that she's been poisoning him over time. Uh, and she would go to almost any lengths to protect her family in Latveria. So he planted him close to her. She's been dosing his drinks with a neurotoxin of Doom's design for months. It, will dis- it destroys a person's will. You'll find your muscles quite unresponsive, Richards. And that's when Lissette jumps in. He forced me, Reed! I never wanted to! <laughs> Which... Doom jumps in with just classic shut up woman. Real real nice, Victor. You're such a dick. Um, all I require of you now is science. Do not try my patience. Ah, man. This this guy is just bad news. And uh, he's basically saying that uh, the, the formula is fatal in all but small doses, and that's why they needed to be doled out to him over a, a long stretch of time. Um, and once the final dose is injected, which he's got the syringe right there, uh, he'll respond only to Doom's commands. And then he's going to make Reed kill, watch while he kills the entire Fantastic Four. And uh, he, he manages to get Reed to uh, get him access into the Baxter building. Uh, he burns through a, you know, like a vault door, letting him into the main lab. And... Uh, He's forcing Reed to go through and pull out all the files on on the different members of the Fantastic Four, likely to try to figure out the best plan of attack and exploit weaknesses that they have. And uh, as that's happening, Namor is is awake and looking out one of the windows in his bedroom from the top of the skyscraper, which honestly does make sense if it's super late. I mean, they have a newborn baby, so there's probably been an awful lot of like night traipsing about for both he and sue uh and then all of a sudden he like hears something and he goes what and he looks and doom like swipes open a curtain or oh no it's the door he rips open like rips open the the doors into the room and he goes not what who (laughs) and uh namor just immediately like starts flying through the room and you know scream yells at the top of his lungs doom Wearing some well, uh, American flag pants. Well, I mean, in fairness to him, they are pajama pants. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he was sleep- home. Walks around all day in, in a Speedo and goes to bed in pajama pants. <laughs> so so let's back up for a quick second. Namor so, contains multitudes. You know? Yes, he does. So Sue's in bed there, but you see the silhouette of a woman there. Where? Oh, oh yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. So who that's gotta be Lizette then. Did, Leo, did you oh, read the did you read, read the story that. before the episode? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, let's keep going. Oh, okay, and all okay. will be made clear. 
<laughs> I, I would just like to point out one thing here too. Um, if if Reed has no control over his muscles, doesn't he use those muscles to keep his body together? So wouldn't he be essentially a puddle? Uh, no, because Reed does not hold himself in that shape willingly. That is a subconscious thing. That okay. is his that is his mind. I'll buy that. Look at it, look the best way to explain it um for anybody that has ever seen the matrix, okay? It's it's like residual self-image. When Neo gets out of the matrix, we know what he looks like according to the life he's actually lived. In reality and that is as a, a, a battery okay so he's got the shaved head he's got all the plugs from having been jacked into the matrix uh, his muscles need to be uh you know awakened with some pretty deep tissue um needlework and what have you rebuilding them because he's been atrophied he's never moved around his whole life but when he finally jacks into the training program that they do he looks at himself and he looks exactly the way he did in the matrix before he was pulled out. And Morphe explains to him like, oh, that's your residual self-image. That's how you see yourself because that's how you, you lived your life for, for so long. So this is what your mind's eye sees when it comes to you. So it, that's what's created. That's the same thing for Reed. That's the baseline for his body. And that's why he stays that shape. If he were to be disrupted and truly like lose control of his abilities altogether, yeah, he would likely turn into a bit of a puddle. But he can control on either end, not just stretching, but he can make himself like more dense too. Like if Mr. Fantastic wanted to, he could walk around looking like, you know, the Hulk all the time. You know, and he, he has the ability to, uh, you know, control his density a bit to kind of back up some of that. But it takes a lot to do so. If you practice more, it's just like literally anything else, like muscle memory and 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 skill. He could he could probably do it, and it would be to great advantage tactically. But that's not exactly how Reed Richards rolls. He's more the big brain, so he focuses on more solutions with uh, with his his intelligence problem solving than actual confrontation. He leaves that up to Ben, who is the muscle for the group. So. You know, everybody has their role, and he is firmly in, ensconced in his. Um, so, yeah, that being said, uh, yes, we do have a shadow of a woman seemingly well behind Reed and Doom. And Doom, you know, jumps in and, oh, I just noticed that Sue and Namor are wearing matching pajamas. That's cute. Yep. Um, she's, she's got, like, a nice little, like, night shirt on and or is she wearing the top and he's wearing the bottom i mean that's kind of long for it to be the top for namor he, he Even, is mostly torso yeah maybe maybe but uh okay let, we'll go with that he, she's wearing the top and he's wearing <laughs> the bottoms uh and you know Z doom zaps namor in the face and then, and then punches him in the side right of the, in head. the face what a jerk yeah <laughs> And, uh, you know, Sue's all, Reed, what's he done to you? Please let me go. Because Reed's got his arms doing the classic, like, super-duper wraparound on, on Sue, trying to keep her from running away or anything. So they're all stretched out and probably wrapped, like, three times each. And uh, that's when Doom's like, I haven't killed your dear sweet Namor yet. 
No, I wouldn't dream of letting your deaths be so easy or so quick. And then he grabs, you know, Reed's just standing there now, you know, unable to move or do anything. And he just straight up grabs Sue with both hands by the neck and begins to throttle and strangle her. And it shows uh, Reed just getting covered in flop sweat as he's clearly straining. And he finally goes, no, and, you know, stretches out and, and smacks Doom away from, from Sue. And he's like, no one dies tonight, Zoom, Doom. And he's like, impossible. Your will cannot be so great. Your strength is nothing compared to Doom's. And he, he punches Reed so hard, he, he smashes against the huge window uh, once again, that Namor is like looking out of at the top of the skyscraper, and now Ben and Johnny show up, ready to to throw down, and uh, Doom is just like, "Oh, look, it's the it's the flame one and the in the the tough rock one. I, I I guess I'll I guess I'll go, Bizes, and just just rockets out of there, you know, as as Doom does, and uh, Namor is just like, "Is everyone all right?" And of course, Johnny and Ben are okay because they've only been there for fucking 12 seconds and uh they look over at sue and she's holding reed's head and the rest of his body is all stretched out like like a sheet uh over uh, the jagged point of the window that had been broken and uh which i think is rather silly because i do not think that a, a single broken window in a skyscraper would be the thing to take down Reed Richards. Mm -hmm. But hey, you know, I've seen worse things in what ifs won't be, won't be a sticking point. That's fine. Um, and you know, he's kind of like fading away and you know, he, he's like, no, I have to tell you it may not be time for a hospital. You were always so special to me. Never knew how to say, I'm so sorry. And, uh, you know, they're like, he's not going to make it. And then all of a sudden, Lisette is there. That's the shadow you saw. Ah, okay. And, she, you know, she's she's like, he'll live if you let me through. I'm a doctor. His only chance for life. And Namor is just like, Lisette, help him. Yeah, no shit, Namor. That's what she's saying. Thanks, dude. Reed was right. You are a great leader. And uh, thankfully, she brought her medical black bag along for the the jaunt and uh as she's trying her best to uh pull something out of there to save reed she's uh giving an awful lot of exposition to the fantastic four for some reason give them this she... concentrated gingold a <laughs> <laughs> uh, gingold extract i always thought it was gin gold i, I, I don't know i just Picked a pronunciation, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's uh, actually the elongated man Ralph Dibney uh takes. It's yeah. actually a couple clan cans of Play Doh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it is. that smells yeah. like Play Doh. <laughs> and uh, she said, I did everything I was supposed to, drugged Reed, betrayed him, even though I was falling in love with him. I won't lose him now, we've got to get him into surgery. And to which Reed responds weakly, Reset. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he he's he cuts to him in the hospital. They were able to get him there in time uh, and uh, called a shield. 
made sure that Lisette's family was was saved and protected from doom and they wouldn't have anything else to worry about. And as Reed continues to convalesce and, and finish completely healing, uh, he and Lisette grow even closer and he's actually able to kind of reach that part of him that it took decades to open up and get to in the Fantastic Four comics where he's actually realizes how he feels and that he needs to do something about it. And he and Lisette, you know, very much fall in love and they end up marrying one another and she ends up uh, pregnant soon thereafter. Uh, it turns out that uh, Sue and Namor's baby who was born, you know, just a, a few months before uh, their child is, is to be, is due is a boy. And they named him Leonard uh, after Dr. Leonard storm. Uh, Sue and Johnny's dad. Oh no no wait no no I'm sorry it's not Leonard. That was uh, Namor's dad. Yeah, Namor's dad because wasn't he Franklin Storm? Yeah, I, th I think he was. Because Benjamin Franklin Storm is, is his middle name. I think is after Sue and Johnny's dad. My mistake. My mistake. Uh, keep in mind, everyone, we record these late. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, then it states that Reed and Lisette were blessed with a daughter. And uh, she looks an awful lot like her mother. She's a tiny little redhead with green eyes. Uh, and it shows her playing with uh, like large um, toy structures of atoms uh, in which both he and Reed and Lisette mentioned like the striking resemblance to Lisette, but also she is like uber duber smart like Reed. And she's playing with Leonard. Sue and Namor's kid, because they're probably just about a half a year apart in age. And uh, the last splash page was honestly is a really cool splash page. And I'm kind of pissed because this is actually the story I'd love to see. Yeah. Yep. We don't uh, even it, get her name. Yeah, we don't even we don't even get the daughter Reed's daughter's name. Um, but it shows the two of them in uh, sort of modernized fantastic four costumes actually are pretty cool looking I, I, i'm i'm not gonna lie like it 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 definitely looks like the kind of stuff that was done for future foundation later on yeah yeah in power pack a little bit a little bit of power pack a little mm -hmm. bit yeah um but uh clearly they are both members of what the fantastic four is now uh at this point they're probably late teens early 20s probably 17 i'd say 17 18 because i can't imagine that either one of their sets of parents would actually let them go out on superhero missions before they were technically adults like and I just perhaps you've not been reading the found <laughs> the future no I, i've no i'm talking about this point in time i'm talking about when no i, I get i was just joking yeah. because there's all kinds of shenanigans that happens uh, oh yeah yeah involving well, that... dragon man and Stuff Moloids. like that needed to happen because it was <laughs> it was so much of the same thing for so long that they they needed to like push the envelope and and really not rehash. Uh, but this, I mean, it shows they both clearly have some kind of ability abilities. Uh, Reed and Lisette's daughter probably can fly, and she's emitting some kind of very cool bluish, clear force field energy stuff from her left hand. 
whilst holding Leonard's hand with her, her right hand, who is also flying because he has, uh, he's a, a bit thinner. He's built more like his uncle Johnny. Uh, and he's got brown hair, not, not jet black, not blonde like his mom, but you know, brownish, like chestnut brown, uh, blue eyes. And he's, uh, got the pointy ears like his dad and the ankle wings, which, uh, they have cutouts on the boots for the uniform he's wearing for the wings. And, uh, Uatu informs us the, the children were each blessed with unique powers and as they grew to maturity, used them to follow in their parents' footsteps. But those are other tales for other times, which uh, we don't ever get those tales <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. ever. Uh, and, and as I say, like this, the, the cover of this book and this last splash page of the book are so enticing. And everything in between is like, it's actually kind of nice to see like the positive effect that the, this change in Namor's role in the in the marvel comics universe has in with this story with the fantastic four within the superhero community i like that it's it's much better than some of the the oh shit like that's too bad that happened kind of stuff that we usually see in some of these alternate takes um but if ever there was a, a story that i really wish that we got another issue of it's this one i would love to see what this world is that these two kids exist, find out what Reed and Lissette's daughter's name is and what the deal is with these two kids. I mean, I, I think that that's the kind of stuff that, you know, occasionally it's okay to go a little further to, to give just a few more details instead of leaving everything off to be a choose your own adventure. Um, but once if again, I run into Ron Mars, who will be at Terrificon, um, we could ask him, we could literally ask him this question. Yeah, that's it. I mean, honestly, I do it. Uh, I'd I'd love to I'd love to know what he says. Uh, you know, first and foremost, what what the fuck is Reed and Lissette's daughter's name? Yep. Like, why didn't you guys give her a name? Like, it was right there. It it would have taken minimal effort. <laughs> you you literally had to write a name down, and they could have just said it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. Um, but you know that that's the kind of thing I see this, and I'm like, man. That, that's interesting. Even, you know, there's such a wealth of stuff within all these different uh, what if issues, too, that it's surprising that they didn't draw upon that for certain series like uh, Exiles and, and try to show some of these different things that we had maybe got, caught glimpses of previously. Yeah. Where you could have expanded a little bit more upon some of the ways that these stories ended. Uh, same thing with Mutant X. You know, there's there's slightly different things that you could have done that touched upon, like you know, Easter egg if you're in the know, but still like pretty cool and maybe important to the story at hand if you're just reading that particular thing. Um, you know that that I feel is sort of a squandered opportunity of. of those two particular series still fun still still great series i enjoyed them both uh thoroughly for the most part exiles fell off uh after a little bit but um yeah man i i think this is this was actually a really fun one uh i i i really didn't have much to like clown on with with this <laughs> you know like just 
really nice seeing Namor, who I, I think, as we said previously, like everyone can agree is just a jerk. And to actually have him be like a pillar of, of this community and a good dude altogether by the end of it, you know, how can you argue with, with the results of this, of that decision to bring him in by the end of this story altogether? It's, it's interesting to, to see them take such a turn with the character. You don't get, that too often you know it it's very rarely do you do you get like oh what if kane marco got some fucking therapy after he <laughs> yeah got therapy <laughs> out of the cave and you know he still had the side right again but he was like the, hey you know what helmet. like you know chuck chuck was dealing with a lot too and maybe i should mend fences and you know next thing you know kane marco is actually like becoming friends with his stepbrother and you know sides with with help and protect these kids that his brother's sworn to teach and protect you know like what if charles xavier actually helped people (laughs) what if charles xavier wasn't a complete fucking nozzle yeah exactly so namor made a conscious decision not to be a dick anymore similar to another marvel character recently i won't uh no tell i'm confused yeah who dr strange uh, modok Oh, <laughs> don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah, uh, that's a, yeah, that's. Is that Quantum- from the uh, Pat Oswald series? It's from Quantumania. No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just don't be a dick. I am MODOK. Mechanized organism, organism designed only for killing. Uh, no, your name is MODOK. That's, that's what that spells, right? MODOK? That's the acronym. It's MODOK. That's your name. Uh, but uh, yeah. What'd you guys think? What would you would you fellas think of this particular issue? I enjoyed it. I, I'm gonna take Word, a wordy as ever. Thanks, Leo. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I didn't want to step step over Justin. You know. Yeah. What would what, you like about it before I uh, say my point? Uh, well, for me personally, you know, it, like you said, it's very different than other what ifs that we've been reading. It ends on like a, you know, a happy note, you know, where there is like a future. And it's uh, um, I, I some of the earlier what ifs that we've read, it, it really draws the story out a lot longer than it should be. This year was uh, really well put together. Yeah, I think it's I, a great premise. I think that it's it's an interesting premise. I think that the early part of reading this has a lot of tie-in to original continuity, which is awesome. You know, Ron Mars did his research on that part. He knew, oh, okay, well, they fight the Red Ghost, you know, on the dark side of the moon. Okay, cool. Then you get to the parts past that, and it completely loses it for me. I love the ending, but what about Galactus and the whole idea that having Reed Richards there is literally the linchpin of why Galactus does not, you know, destroy the, uh, the, the, the planet. And then what about things like the dynamic with Sue and the black Panther and um, uh, silver surfer, like all those sort of things, they, they don't exist or, or then it's just Namor hitting them because they're hitting on Sue. You know, Reed, Reed was a bit, more reticent about these things back in the days and it led to interesting plot points 
I feel like there's a lot left on the table here that they're not really going into. And the, the biggest part for me about Reed is the, the promise that he made to Ben that he would always try to find a way to revert him back to human. Not mentioned whatsoever. One of the reasons that he constantly works and is driven to do this is because he wants to reverse what he did, which he sees as his biggest mistake ever. Not at all a motivation here. So as much as I know about the Fantastic Four and all that, I just don't see this as being, you know, like that's not really Reed Richards who he is, what he's about, and they kind of make him into like a Tony Stark. I'm like, that's Tony Stark, not Reed Richards. And and if you look at this, Johnny Storm talks more in the beginning, not at the end at all, and the thing says four words. So it's not really a Fantastic Four book so much as like a Sue Storm, Reed Richards, and Namor book. Which is fine. It's just for for criticisms. It's like I don't find them to be as together as a unit as they could have been. I love the premise. I love the ending. I think I think the ending's great, and I totally agree with what Brandon said. But I feel like there's so many missed opportunities in the middle. It's kind of like reading, and you got I, well. What about that? What about that? So I, I just wish that it had tied some more of those questions together. But I I love that you mentioned about the Ramatut as Kang. That was that was a really cool pickup that I didn't pick up on my first read. Yeah, um, it, it's it's really it's very easy when it comes to Kang to miss what could be uh, him, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, because there's been several different incarnations, um, and it's not even that it, it's the di- a different version of him. It's more what point in his life are you seeing him because there was there's a whole uh ramatut then immortus then mm-hmm. kang uh so there's like stages in, in in his development as that character as that individual well you have that uh, timely also right what's that no, what, what's his name oh timely. victor timely yeah yeah uh, uh i i'm not quite sure whether i know that that's a character ripped directly from the comic books in regards to uh him being in loki season two uh but i i can't i don't know enough to speak on it and i don't want to i don't want to you know speculate or or anything like that yeah what one of the breakdown videos i was watching was talking about where uh victor timely is uh a earlier version of ramatut that sounds right. It, so it's it sounds like he'd be um, a Nathaniel Richards that started his traveling back to the past and seeing if he could set up shop in a particular. He might be stuck where he is momentarily. And once he's able to get up and going, he's like, oh, screw it. I'm going to go even further back. Like, you know, people here are still just a little too smart for my good. You know, I, I want them to be in absolute abject fear and awe of the things they see me do with the, the technology I have. Uh, they they don't see anything in, in regards to gods or magic outside of like Sundays when they go to church and Fridays when they don't eat meat. So I think I'm going to go back to like ancient ancient Egypt where they were they they loved math and you know so do I because I'm a time traveler like <laughs> I, I'm kind of into that shit I love numbers and such 
super science. Yay. And uh, I can I can show up and convince them that I'm I'm a, a sun god that they need to make their their absolute ruler and leader like that. The, he's like the evil version of Booster Gold. Yep. You know? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of it. I mean, there's other factors like with that character. Too, that are incredibly interesting. Uh, even up in the past like 20 years uh, especially involving young avengers because uh one of the one of the characters in young avengers in the comics was iron lad and as it turns out iron lad is a teenaged nathaniel richards who makes a suit of armor that is incredibly similar yet far more advanced than stark technology because it's from the future and he's taken inspiration from the avengers of that time because he is booster golding it up. He wants to go back in time to be a superhero, not for a claim, but because he thinks that superheroes are cool and he wants to help. He wants to save people's lives. Like if I'm this smart and I can do this many things, why shouldn't I like come back here and help as many people as possible, which really turned the character on its ear because it's like, how does this kid become hang? Like, how do you go from that? to what we eventually see from the character. And that was one of the like most intriguing parts of his involvement in, in young Avengers. And uh, it's, it's going to be, I'm curious to see if slash how they might play with that regarding the formation of the young Avengers in the MCU, considering we have Kang as not just a presence, but multiple presences throughout what they are calling the multiverse saga. Uh, we could very well get a teenage version of Nathaniel Richards as some kind of Iron Lad type character. Not necessarily to say he would step into a suit, but there's some kind of function that, that could be served because Riri is is going to serve the, the yeah, Iron Man role. That's what I was thinking. You got an interesting question here too uh, about if uh, if they were going to do an amalgam character with Kang, would you mix him with Vandal Savage? Maybe. Ooh, man! Wouldn't that be interesting? You know, you've got like the the immortal person who's lived forever, but then goes back in time, and it's like, oh, weird. Like, who would you mix him with? That is interesting. Or Ra's al Ghul or Mongol? You know, like like where would you go with it? I don't know that off the top of my head. I, I'm I'm honestly, I am, I I have no idea. We got plenty of time before May when when we do yeah, our right, uh, right. them spotlight. So, <laughs> yeah, that is. I mean that that's a really good question. Um, Kang the the Kang the Conqueror. Who would you combine him with? Maybe you do combine him with Booster Gold. You know. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, you 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 could do that, or maybe combine the idea of Kang the Conqueror and the Council of Kangs with the Linear Men. Like that, it could all be part and parcel. It, it, honestly, why don't you why don't you combine uh, the Council of Kangs with in Kang the Conqueror with a little bit of. Rip Hunter, Vandal Savage, and Booster Gold. Like, yeah. you can do a whole big mashup with that. There'd be Black Beetle's really... another uh, uh, time traveler. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that 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 we uh, we will we will talk about this. 
but uh yeah i mean there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of cool interesting stuff that that has been done with the character and can still be done with the character is being done with the character um it is definitely a it's tempting to call it a fault of this story what you listed justin and i mm-hmm. i i you're right i agree with you i agree with your assessment um that that middle portion i am giving ron mars and marvel the benefit of the doubt on it though because there is an awful lot that they go through to establish the changes that are made to the timeline due to the fact that namor is a member of the team Mm-hmm. that it doesn't leave the space necessary to cover in a reasonable way the things we would have liked to see before we got to this final splash page. Like that question of, oh, what happens past this notwithstanding? At that point in time, it's crazy to think. there. This issue is 31 pages. That's nine full pages more than what comic books are nowadays. And there still wasn't enough room to really tell this one self-contained story in a fully fleshed out manner i honestly ideally this would have been a double-sized issue much yeah. like yeah what if the fantastic four's second child had lived if they had been able to do that with this it, it, it would have it would have been perfect you you would have had plenty of room and you wouldn't have had to end it um almost abruptly with showing like, oh, here, here are the kids, you know, 15 years later, and they're members of the Fantastic Four, but we'll tell you about that some other point. Yeah, exactly. That point never arrives. Um, you know, so it, it, I think I think they did what they could with the constraints placed upon them uh, at that point in time for a single issue of a monthly series. Uh, you know, where this given a, you know, a, a prestige format, or you know a, a two-parter annual esque type thing that that would be perfect and i would i would love to see like i said i would love to see a follow-up to this uh, you know the fact once again that marvel doesn't jump back and look at any of these stories and and say like hey wouldn't it be fun to expand upon this idea why don't we flesh it out a little bit let's like kind of do a redux you know, we don't have to change what happened in the initial what if we saw, but let's ex- expand upon it and flesh it out. So we make sense of what some of the gaps in that that 32 page comic was then. And we're able to do it as one of our like specials for, for what ifs now. I would love to see them do that. That would be that would be amazing. Like, hey, gang, you like what we do every couple of years with putting these out. Hey, did you know that we actually had a monthly series for numerous years? Well, here's your opportunity to see what the continuing stories of some of those particular stories like issues were. And you and, don't even have to create new characters because they're already built. Yeah. And it drives people to see like what the new updated design slash story approaches. And also, Oh, what was the original story? gives them the opportunity to finally make a full-blown collection of volume two and people would want to buy it that combined with the popularity of the of the disney plus series i mean yeah. if anybody from marvel is listening and i know you're not but <laughs> if anyone from marvel is listening i mean i'm literally explaining to you how to print money you know just because i would fucking be there i would buy that shit i'd 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 fucking scoop it up like 
like a bag of drop smack at a heroin addicts convention. So <laughs> are, quick are fast these, and in uh, a hurry. Do you know if these are available on Marvel Unlimited? The uh, what if no, uh, no only, they're not. Wow, only a couple of issues are available. Um, like a handful. Uh, it's a really paltry offering that they have. Uh, yeah, then it, I absolutely agree with you. Then they've increased yeah. they've increased some of the issues that are available, but for the longest time, like, and this is up to maybe two years ago, they only had like two issues of What If on there, and they were both X Men ones and like early uh, X Men ones too. Like uh, one was like. Uh, what if the X-Men wedding album and it had to do with what some fucking wedding Jean Grey and Scott Summers was actually Madeline Pryor, that kind of thing. Um, but also and the other one was what if the X-Men had died on their first mission um, and shows like Professor X on the cover, like in the rain in his wheelchair, like screaming as beast, like, Oh no, Cyclops pushes him away. Yeah, He's like, why did that. I, why did I send him? And it's funny because like they had that one up there, and it's like, oh, you, so yeah, we 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 know um, v- Vulcan and the other X Men. You you suck, Chuck. Like we we get it. <laughs> you you kill children. Like you're the worst. <laughs> yeah, they did they did that whole story with a a, a line called uh, Deadly Genesis. Yeah, so. yeah. That's when you find out there was like a whole lot more in you know all new X Men. Uh, with with crack with Krakoa and the teams that were sent <laughs> by Charles Xavier, like uh, you know, the way it played out, of course, is we we get to Deadly Genesis, the the story arc proper, and it's like, oh man, remember that that time that uh, Chuck sent that that team to you know take care of Krakoa? Yeah, man, it was nuts how. Oh yeah, to pull together a whole new group of X Men just to go save those X Men that got stuck there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you mean you mean the second team he put together to go save the 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 sec the the other team? Like it was the third team altogether. Like the third team went to save the second team that went to save the first team. What? Oh well, sit down, young whippersnappers, and let's <laughs> tell you a tale. This is the story of the third summer's brother. Dun dun dun. Um, so yeah, I uh, I just looked on Marvel Unlimited and uh, they have entered a world of what if, and obviously it shows the uh, the cartoon. Uh, but when I scroll down, they do show one what if comic listed. Well, oh, just wow. in the ad, I, I I don't have access to it, but uh, you never guess what the one what if. They I should. think I might guess. Jane Foster? <laughs> yep. What if yep. Jane Foster had a... Uh, fucking serious? Oh, my yep. God. What if only I could tell her I loved her, but I'm lame. <laughs> if only I weren't so lame. Yeah, Why am I lame? That, Blast! We say, that, we say that all the time, Donnie. Like, we're saying it in front of you, but we also say it behind your back a lot. <laughs> Why are you Why laughing? Why do we say it in front of you? <laughs> because we're your friends. <laughs> What a f- bunch of fucking jerks! Oh, uh, <laughs> is this an updated what if? I, I don't, I don't know. We don't, we don't know what you're looking at, my sorry, friend. Sorry, sorry. You uh, don't have to apologize. I just oh, don't 98. know. What you're Ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. What if? 
This one came out in what, like 1991? I think was the publication date, something like that. Search me. I think that's what that's what I saw because I was looking to see who the artist was and um, and who the writer and you know it's uh oh what's this one? Uh, oh yeah, that's actually what um, Next Avengers was based on. Oh cool, yeah. Sort of, sort of that same idea at any rate. Yeah, hmm. so I'm just trying to see what they have available. What they have, if they have any. We got oh, a couple. Do. Oh yeah, yeah, they have some. Yeah. Oh yeah, look at Spider Girl. Yep, looks like that's about it. Yep. That. Oh, uh, it is Beast. You're right. Oh, it was Beast. Yeah. Damn it! I should have. My instincts were correct. A couple um, that yeah. we've covered on the show too, actually, are are on here. They don't even have the one that was shown in the ad. That's funny. Well, well, go up, go up, actually. Yeah. Hmm. Marvel.com, eh? Why wow, can't I Death see any of that? Filtered by Marvel Unlimited. Fuckers, I am subscribed. I suck. Yeah, their their interface is just horrible. Like I can't find fucking comics man what what is yeah. what's happening here this is terrible i can't i'm clicking on search and there's nothing coming up from oh is what, that what is there's there's one that we did the what if spider-man yep yep we did that and then then we've got what what if uh spider-man married the black cat and then what if spider-man didn't marry mary jane or something yep yep 20 and 21 huh yeah, it, it, their selection here is not great, honestly. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, see right there. What if wedding album? Right, right there, number sixty. They had that one and number nine, which is what if the X Men died on their first mission? Those were the only two they yeah. had for forever and a day. Although it is kind of cool because one of the what ifs they have right there in the top line is uh, one that I plan on us covering alongside some other stuff, which is what if the age of apocalypse had not ended. Oh, cool. And uh, as you see from the cover, uh, seems like a rather large purple helmeted space entity visits the earth of age of apocalypse. And I'm sure that's, uh, I bet that, I bet that all turned out fine. That's not great. <laughs> and the, the, I mean, I mean it turns out fine in Marvel zombies. And uh, then they do also have uh, another one right next to it that is also Age of Apocalypse uh, related, which is uh, what if Legion had killed Magneto? So, Ooh. yeah, there's uh, this is some fun stuff. But, yeah, we unfortunately can't rely on Marvel Unlimited for uh, the issues that we cover. Uh, we, we have our own resources for that, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, so all right. Well, I, I consider this a, a successful discussion and read through of uh, uh, another decent "what if" issue. I mean, decent. It's all. For sure. It's all. Yeah. It's all definitely downhill after "what if" Jane Foster found the hammer of Thor from <laughs> Volume One. I can't stress that enough. And that's not a knock on Jane Foster. That's that's mostly uh, a, a, a fucking tome that really just props up the the idea that odin is a fucking dick um 
so yeah, I, I I'm I'm glad that we we all thoroughly enjoyed it, and you know we all kind of did the same chin scratching, like wait, I want that story now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and never never got that provided. Uh, so yeah, we can we can wrap it up here and uh, reset so we can get ready to talk about some Batman stuff next week, and then get ready to you know jump through the timeline and and start all over again with talking about another what if as if we we haven't done it hoping that with uh, each read through it will be the read through <laughs> uh, i'll prepare my time platform <laughs> prepare the time platform is that like the teleporting platform yes except for time ah so it's not just a that's just a clever name then word <laughs> <laughs> But uh, let's uh, let's let's get this going here. Let's uh, let's go to Justin first. Justin, uh, tell tell people where they can check you out when you're not here. On Facebook at the Epic Shills Ninja Turtles group, you can check us out there. Uh, Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast, and uh, you can find me on the Dork Knight podcast as well. Excellent. And uh, Leo, why don't you let us know uh, what, where you are, what you got going on? Yeah, uh, well, uh, if you haven't heard, you can just Google Leo Pond. You'll find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. I'm not going to say which is which, but I run the Dorkening Podcast Network. ton of awesome shows, including this one on the network. Uh, also, the Dork Night Splash Pages, uh, Weeking, not Weeking Geek, <laughs> Midweek Geeks. <laughs> wow. A uh, lot, lot of fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, just head on over to the Dorkening and uh, check us out on YouTube. You'll find a bunch of stuff. Facebook, you know, our stuff is everywhere. So, uh, yeah, that's me. Outstanding. And uh, I am still powerful, Brandon, just like I was at the beginning of this whole thing. That continues unabated. And uh, if you feel so inclined, I'd like to come on over and check out the Powers Combined Group on Facebook. We're just a, a, you know, a conglomeration of dorks that like to get together and share info, jokes, memes, good times, and laughs to be had by all. Our number one rule there is don't be a jerk. If you violate that, you'll be booted immediately. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can check out my Twitter handle at Brandon's Powers, uh, as well as the Comics Paradox uh, Twitter handle Comics C- at C-O-M-I-X underscore Paradox. Uh, I am also on Instagram at This Brandon Has Powers, as well as Comics Paradox with uh, Comics Paradox Podcast. And uh, you can check us out here and on the dork night podcast we do bi-weekly switching off with this in which we discuss and dissect all things batman and find those uh on sundays wherever fine podcasts are broadcast thanks for listening everybody and have a good one